0: Hi, and welcome to episode 32 of the Studio Insider Art Podcast. In this episode, we talk about the monster in the closet, the fear of rejection. I coach my studio assistant, Steph, through a recent experience and give her some solid tools to navigate the process into the future. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, this is Susan Navicut and welcome to the Studio Insider Art Podcast. In these episodes, I throw open the doors to my art studio practice and how I run my business as a professional artist. Whether it be candid insider chats with my studio assistants, Laura and Steph, or interviews with other creatives, or answering listener questions, there is something here for every emerging artist. I hope my journey can help you feel a bit more at home in your own.
1: Hi, Steph. <laughs> Hi, Suze. How are you? I'm good. How are you going? Um, I'm good.
0: you good? Yeah. Doesn't sound convincing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know. I had to think for a minute. Yeah, I am good. Um, I've got some things I've been saving up. I'd like for you to help me work through a Absolutely. Bit. Yeah. Hit so, me up, lady. Um, I really want to talk about rejection. Okay. Just, just pull a small topic out of the bag. Okay. <laughs> <Anyway. laughs> So I realized something about myself, and that is that the, the fear of rejection is way more intense than actually being rejected. And I've realized this because I've been procrastinating on putting myself out there, you know, sending some emails for weeks and weeks. When I eventually did it, I sent an email, I got a no in return almost straight away, and I didn't really care. I felt fine about it. I thought, okay, that's great. Now I know. Now I can move on to plan B. But for weeks I sat in that space of being too afraid to even reach out in case I got that no. Okay. is that normal? I think it's probably the most common experience.
0: Absolutely. That whole anticipation of rejection and that bit stopping us from taking action, I reckon, would be one of the hardest things for most artists to deal with, most humans to deal with. And I'm not surprised at all. It sounds like a very... A common unfolding of that experience,
1: but do you experience that, or are you immune to it? No, I'm not immune to it. <laughs> <laughs> it
0: was interesting. I was in our online class community the other day, and someone was posting about uh, the just that inner critic and the not feeling mm. good enough, and how that stops them from creating. And I just said to her, I just want you to know that I feel that every single time I paint, it's never not present. And I think it's the same for me with anything that I go for in that regard. And I've never become immune to it. So no, it's it's Mm. totally normal.
1: I guess, So my question is, I, I don't seem to learn from that experience. Like right now, I've had that rejection this week and I'm feeling okay about it. And that makes me feel brave to reach out for another something else you know the next opportunity but that feeling doesn't stick around very long so what like are there any strategies or things I could do or think about to stop that happening next time or is that just part of being human
0: I think the conversation we're having now will really help you in how you navigate next time because I'm guessing that this has happened to you bajillions of times before
1: <laughs> yes
0: and you've noticed it enough to notice that there's a pattern there because you're actually you actually have a lot of awareness around it there's not many people that could sit down and tell me what you've just told me that they've actually noticed that they have their fear of doing something mm. of approaching something that means something to them that they their fear of being rejected around that is actually more intense for them than the actual experience of rejection so in knowing that you've already built a certain level of awareness around it mm. and i think there's a, a bit of a common misperception around working through things like that in that we think that it somehow we master it and it goes away oh yeah and i actually don't think it ever does no no you're right is that was that we hoping there was some some very dust I could sprinkle on that yeah of course I was. (laughs) (laughs) but you're right
1: I mean that's true I see that all the time in my friends and relationships you know like I've got this thing I'm going to go away do the work on it and going to going to come back a human being without flaws and that you're right that's not how it works it's It's a lifetime of work it's how
0: you how you much grace you give yourself around those flaws actually that I think matters the most because the feelings don't ever go away. I've, mm. That's the thing I've experienced through my journey of being an artist, and you know, and know that from the outside, there's probably a certain perceived level of success around what I'm doing, and I can I can say I'm proud of myself. I've done some good stuff, and but I still don't. I still feel all of those what I call little Susan feelings. Mm. And the way that I always think about it is that those parts of myself that come forward that are vulnerable in that way, I kind of think of them as like little five-year-old me. It's, yes. Yeah. It's, I always regard it as as the inner child moment, right? Because we all have one, whether we like it or not, mm. whether we've been listening to that inner child or silencing that inner child, whatever our relationship is with that inner part of ourselves that's very vulnerable and very young, the way and like a child. Yeah, it's always there. And it comes forward in these kinds of situations where we feel exposed, where we're going for something that really matters for us. And we we really fear that what will happen if that thing that I'm going for doesn't happen. So in a way, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing that it took you a few weeks to get to actually approaching that thing that you went for that didn't work out for you what I'm interested though is what was going on in your inner landscape in that period of time between I want to go for this thing and actually taking action because it sounds like you're I just want to hear about what's going on in
1: that space. Mm. There was a sense of needing to have all my ducks in a row before I could act Mm -hmm. Um, and the problem with that is that we never have all our ducks in the row and when you're creative or like say it's your work you're putting out there each piece is going to be better so I do this thing where I put together like a you know I put together a pdf with an artist bio and some examples of my work I did that work quite early but then I didn't send it to anybody because every time I made a new painting I then the neck the inner critic didn't like the ones that I included and felt that they weren't good enough. So I, now I have mm-hmm. to redo all that work and my website has to reflect where I'm at now because that's where they'll go to, you know, see mm-hmm. if I'm a good fit. So it was that sense of wanting to have everything perfect. perfect. So we've identified that one of the little people
0: present there is a bit of a perfectionist. Mm. Um, on the other side of that, however, the thing that you went for... I don't think it was a bad idea that you had certain ducks in a row when you approached that person because you want to, you really do want to present yourself in a professional manner. But I get what yeah. you're saying. It's more like, oh, no, I have to wait because this isn't good enough and I want to have this bit in there mm. and, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so to, that, yeah, so, so if... there's the, the ducks in a row, the perfectionist is in there. Is there anything else in the mix in that space? The fear of not being good yeah. enough. Okay. Talk to me a bit about that one
1: well I'm I'm really aware that I haven't been painting very long Mm -hmm. and again it's the perfectionist isn't it like I have to be better or I have to be have really solidified a style because I mean the the example we're talking about is reaching out to somebody to represent my artwork Mm -hmm. and to help me sell my art so it felt like oh what happens if they say yes and then the work I'm actually end up creating six weeks later is completely different because I am in that explorative stage. You know, mm-hmm. I am producing a lot of work quickly, so changes are happening fast. Yeah. So there was an element of that, mm-hmm. of like, am I really ready for this? But then from a logical standpoint, I, I was looking at other people they're representing in their journeys, and I think they, I think there is an understanding there that an artist is always on a journey. Mm-hmm. That you're not just creating the same thing again and again. There's going to be evolution. Yes, They're, and with anyone that's worth their salt in terms of representing
0: artists, will completely understand that aspect totally. Yeah.
1: Mm. Okay. Yeah, but I was really surprised when I didn't feel devastated. So how did you feel? Well, I felt quite pleased about it. I mean, they responded. I wasn't. I oh, was sure. relieved that you'd done it (laughs) and there was a response yeah i thought we'd make an hour see if i was relieved i got rejected well that that is
0: actually a valid question (laughs) because i think sometimes we go for things that we think we want and then when we don't get it at the end we can be surprised to feel relieved because actually Mm. we didn't really want it which is another thing altogether
1: yeah well i think actually it was relief i mean i my coping mechanisms are around planning And Mm -hmm. I like to be able to have a vision, uh, short-term, you know, I'm not talking like a 10-year plan, but within the, you know, the six months, I like to know what I'm working towards. And getting a no in one direction means I just, you know, start to turn the page and start on a new, Mm, keep it in a new direction. Yeah, I just, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, And that allowed me to go, okay, well, that's not an option. So now I can plan for the next thing. Yeah. And so there was a sense of relief. Yeah. Because of that right great well now I know I can just move on yeah yeah well it sounds to me like you've had a completely
0: healthy great response to this whole thing and my reflection to you around you know that fear of rejection being greater than the actual rejection would be around reframing the period that period of time for yourself because I think I don't think everything you did in that period of time necessarily came entirely from fear or not feeling good enough. I actually think if you're going to reach out to someone to represent you, you do want to spend some time cleaning up your website, checking your links, all the things. I don't think that's actually a bad thing to do at all. Mm. And I think in those circumstances, it's perfectly reasonable. But also... Every time we go through something like this, and I can I can speak actually from experience because I had a, a, a rejection of a kind happen this week for myself as well. Actually, happened like over the last two days, so the feeling's very fresh for me. Mm. And what I've been trying to do, which might be helpful to you also, is really examine myself in the process of what happened. And I be really kind to myself because what happened in the situation that I had with this person this week, well it was actually a very big rejection. And it was one of a level that I hadn't experienced before in mm. relation to my art. And my inner child was really wounded and really upset. Yeah. And, you know, I think sometimes we can be a bit rough on ourselves and say, I'll oh, come on, be a grown-up about it. This thing's gonna happen. You know, all the things that, you know, we kind of just we're a bit mean to ourselves and when we don't actually let ourselves have the space to feel the feelings that are really natural, normal reactions to what's happened. And the next part of it is, well, what am I doing with those feelings? Because for some people that can shut them down and mm-hmm. prevent them from reaching out again in the future or for taking a similar risk in the future. Which, um, you know, was something, you know, in the moment when I was in the thick of the emotion around what happened to me, I felt all those feelings. Well, I'm just not going to do this anymore because this is too emotionally risky for me. Mm. But then, you know, you journey through it and you journey through the feelings. And I had to journey through actually sorting through what happened with this person, you know, and communicate with them and undo a relationship. And
1: those are hard things to do there's a hard very hard things
0: to do especially when you're very charged with emotions so for me what that landscape looks like is I write the email I let my I let my five-year-old write an email that's (laughs) never the email I send (laughs) that email is for me to get out what I need to get out and to feel because it's kind of for me like I kind of regard that first email as like a journaling session it's it's always going to be charged and full of emotional language and it's not going to be helpful to anyone in the relationship it's only there really because my inner child needs mm. to express outrage needs to express all those inner five-year-old tanty feelings I'm having you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah, she got a
1: five-year-old. Yeah, so. <laughs> well, yeah,
0: those big emotions. Yeah, so you've got to let them be there, and for you, maybe that was different. Like for you, you know,
1: you did have the adult reaction, which is great. But we're all different, right? Mm-hmm. So, and it was also a best case, worst case scenario. You well, know? yeah, because like, it wasn't an, it wasn't a forever no. For no, you. and it was very kindly delivered, and it left me feeling hopeful. Yes, not dejected and hopeless yes yeah
0: and, the, and yeah. to be fair the um rejection that i experienced wasn't an open flat-out rejection from someone either it was actually something at the end of the day that i chose to disengage from because i didn't feel like it was going to serve anyone for it to continue so i kind of i'm the one that's pulled the pin yeah so but the point being in that moment and in that landscape where i'm going through the emotion of that rejection it's um I'm letting the five-year-old have its tanty because she needed to. Mm -hmm. And then I go away and then I come back and write another one. And that's a significantly different email. And that's the one where I can actually bring adult Susan into the conversation and express myself seeing all sides of the situation and... Also, because I've discharged that emotion and that charge that I had around it, I'm able to actively remove that language and replace it with language that isn't combative, that isn't, um, because, you know, whenever we do that to someone else, we're doing it to ourselves, right? So Mm. it never serves to fling those around. This podcast is brought to you by my new e-course Painting as a Practice, Chapter 1. This course is all about establishing an art practice that is fun, fulfilling and nurtures your authentic style. You can check it out over at susannethercotestudio.com forward slash online dash classes for all the details. So, anyway, I'm kind of making this conversation more about my experience than yours. But the (laughs) point is, (laughs) the point is that um, what I'm doing is I'm actually, as I'm moving through this process, because I'm still moving through it, I'm allowing all the stages to take place in that space. And I'm not trying to rush it because it has to play out. And if I don't let it play out, I know from bitter past experience that it will play out in really bad ways in my business and my personal life. I'll start taking it out on other people. Mm. So you've got to let yourself, if you're having, and that for me sounds like you have more of that experience actually before you put yourself out there. For me, I don't experience that quite as much. I I do have that. But for me, I guess it's just in a different stage of the game. It is in this situation, and I'm mm. still pretty charged about it. So I'm deeply in that right now as mm. I'm talking to mm. you. But, um, but the point being that in that stage in the lead up to putting yourself out there, your inner child is really afraid. That's the part of you. It's not a rational part of yourself. It's a part of yourself that perhaps actually needs you to take your time a little bit and to actually be okay with that. Mm. Rather than trying to change it and make it be different, because the magical thing that happens when we actually give ourselves that space, and I'll be interested to see if you try this out and you have this experience too, is it kind of stops happening because that part of yourself feels heard and acknowledged. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course it does. So yeah. you say, okay, so we're, you have a little chat with your inner self, right? Your inner child, and you say, okay just want to let you know and yes I'm talking this I'm I'm quite aware of how this sounds but I do this this is the inner dialogue okay little one we're going to be moving into a phase where I'm going to I'm going to ask something that I really want from someone and I'm really aware that this really freaks you out so let's just be with that and if you might want to journal you might want to write something down you might want to just have it in your head it can be useful a really useful exercise actually to let the little one within have the experience of writing down what's going on within you mm-hmm. because it's very it often, I'm often very surprised at what comes out like you know you get 10 minutes in and you're reading it going wow I had no idea that was what was going on and often the things that are coming back from that little one are really illogical they're like five-year-old concepts you yeah. know like they don't actually make a lot of sense but they need to be heard because that's actually they're the fears mm-hmm. that are of that what's really going on yeah and to just it's it's a reparenting process right mm-hmm. so you've got it it's it's actually very helpful when you have little people in your life and you're mothering <laughs> as we are because it actually has helped me a lot with this process within myself because you constantly with a child have to keep pulling yourself back going, hang on, what's yeah. that assumption that you have about the world and what's happened to you, that is not the way it is. Yeah, And let me tell you how it really yeah. is, right? So it's this constant process of teaching and reparenting and relearning of yourself mm. that you need to have in those moments. And as you would also know as the mother of a five-year-old, You cannot rush them through the tantrum, right? No.
1: You have to. You have people are watching this. No. The more that you do
0: that, the longer it goes. Right. The more that they sense your
1: resistance
0: to them having their expression of what's going on, the longer that tantrum will go on. Mm -hmm. Same thing happens within a children, right? The more that you push, that you make them wrong, that you say no, you're not allowed to feel this, the longer that process will go. True. So if you can, next time you're putting yourself out there for something, if you can put in a little piece of self-reflection there where you actually, you, I would suggest journaling it because it's a good mm. way to start when you're not, I I do it a lot in my head now, but I used to do it a lot in a journal when I first started doing this, which is a really long time ago, and I actually first started doing it um, because of the artist's way, Julia Cameron. Yeah, you know? right, yeah. She, she talks about in that book having conversation with your inner child mm. and um, she calls it little Julia, so I call it little Susan.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: So having, okay. having a chat with little Steph and getting out your journal and allowing that part of you that is afraid to say what they're afraid of mm-hmm. because until they say it, how can you offer them a solution, right? Yeah, yeah. And you've got to offer them the grace of time to move through it in their own time Mm. so you may actually need to build space around yourself always for the preparation putting yourself out there you might want to give yourself a week or two you said it was a couple of weeks right
1: yeah yeah maybe two three weeks but that felt like ages like it
0: felt like procrastination no
1: well okay
0: you bring up a really good point because it can be procrastination but it can also be that you're not you're not wanting to listen to a part of yourself, and then and in not doing that, you're actually prolonging the negative emotional experience. Mm, okay. Yep. This is so slowing. It's really about slowing down the process for yourself. And at the beginning, if you can have the mindset of I'm I'm, I'm have awareness around this now. I'm about to put myself out there. I'm going to sit down with my journal. I'm going to do what Sue's suggested, and I'm going to have a chat with my little Steph about we're going to do this so you tell your inner child we're going to do this so I'm just letting you know how do you feel about it just journal a little bit about if any feelings come up write them down Mm. and then you can actually then in big step voice speak back to that in a little one and and say okay I get that you're really scared same as you would with your own kid I get that this is going on for you i hear you Uh like how important is it to be heard same with Mm -hmm. our own children and i'm still going to do it i'm not going to force you and make you do it before you're ready but we're moving in that direction Mm. i'm letting you know and you know you can come back and say things if you need to say them but i often find when i do that that the whole process is just drastically shortened because all of that emotional charge has had an opportunity to release itself. And I think when we force ourselves and we, we convince ourselves that it's just procrastination that's preventing us from doing something that we're actually being really cruel. Mm. I'm not saying procrastination doesn't exist. No, (laughs) that's a whole other conversation. But in this particular situation, there's a part of you that's afraid and it just needs to be heard mm-hmm. and and you need to hear it mm-hmm. and respond to it mm-hmm. in the, way, the same kind of way you would with your own kid.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'd guarantee you will get to the other side of it with a whole lot less grief and hopefully a whole lot less judgment around a judgment of yourself around your process with that because this is just your process. Yeah. We have a process with everything and we don't respect our process so often and it's really sad because if we bring awareness to our processes then we can have choice about them but not until we bring awareness to it mm. and we have a conversation with it
1: this conversation is really interesting because i feel like it's filling in a gap in my understanding so it, it's got me thinking of the book playing big by tara moore oh, yeah. and for me i through reading that i've I understood that my fear of rejection is a fear of not being safe. Because as a woman, I am conditioned to use being liked as a tool to be safe. I don't have, I'm not this brawny person who can fight my way out of a pickle. And that's not just in like being conditioned as a child to be liked so that I could, I don't know, fit in with the the girls at school or whatever. This is, there have been real, many real life situations where I've had to be liked to get out of an unsafe situation, Mm -hmm. particularly with men. Mm-hmm. So there's, there might be been something that's confronting or unsafe and you've I've had to sort of like be fun and funny to t- kind of like get myself out of what could have been a nasty situation. I think every woman has yeah. had a situation like that. Yeah. So the fear that comes up associated with the rejection is if I'm not liked, I'm not safe. So therefore reassuring that in a child like if my four year or five year old said that to me like mm-hmm. I'm afraid that if that kid doesn't like me at school I'm not going to be safe mm-hmm. I would take that very seriously mm-hmm. and then talk her through that mm-hmm. and how she can feel safe and where what shades which is that she's just seen black and white and there are many shades of gray so I feel like I've not had the tool previously to negotiate that experience or to navigate that experience yeah but that that sounds like it'll be very helpful Absolutely.
0: And you know, I totally I totally relate to what you've just shared as well around that whole issue of safety and feeling safe.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it comes up a lot in the in making art and being an artist. Yeah, it does. Like I don't know why it can feel like life or death if this painting doesn't <laughs> work out. I mean that's a completely logical thought. Yeah. Yet I experience that. It actually feels like a safety thing. And when, when you have that cognitive recognition that that's, that emotion I'm having in relation to this situation is actually not occurring,
1: uh-huh. then
0: that's the clue to you that you need to address it on that reparenting, you know, big Steph to little Steph, big Sue's to little Sue's level, because that's an, that's a real vulnerability um and you know sometimes I think I think that's a fabulous book is it Tara Moore Tara, yeah, Taramore. Taramore, yeah. Mm. um but yes yeah, sometimes that fear of stepping out brings up very very big emotions and mm. we need to address that within ourselves and, and re-educate that part of ourselves yeah. in a very kind and gentle
1: way yeah 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 It also makes me think of... Oh, that's my dog in the background. Hello, dog. Um, (laughs) It also makes me think about um, the uh, podcaster Tiffany Hahn. I was going to (laughs) mention her. She's 100 Rejection Letters. 100 Rejection Letters, Yeah. yeah. And I've actually given that advice to somebody else before and talked about that program of... Building resilience by actively seeking rejection, yes, so that it just becomes another rejection letter. So was that a bit of the experience you had, you decided to have for yourself
0: with this one? just yeah. put it out there and just yeah. let it be part of that. That's yeah. so great. Yeah, because the next time you go back to these same people and send them an update of artwork, yeah, it'll be the same
1: thing. That's that's right, and it'll that's be, my plan. It, you is know, to keep revisiting. and then
0: one day. They may well say yes, we're ready for yeah. you, we love what you're doing, it'll resonate and it'll connect, which that's the moment you're waiting for with your art anyway, you know? Mm. And over
1: time it finds its people. Mm. And it may not be those people either. No, exactly. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. This is really interesting. Yeah. I'm gonna be honest, I don't really journal. I used to journal a lot and I don't do it now. I well, feel I like a, a lot either, but process through painting, but there are there are times that that's not enough look you can do with this process in your head but it's just a little bit easier mm.
0: to do it when you're writing i yeah. think also it can be tremendously uncomfortable to start with for people mm-hmm. i'm looking at you now and i'm seeing a whole bunch of resistance <laughs> in your face i know yeah
1: kind of grimaced when you said oh yeah it is. i know
0: she's gonna make me journal
1: <laughs> um so I
0: get it I totally get it because it's not something I do on a regular basis I can't I I dip in and out of journaling and I actually have done Julia Cameron's morning pages many times in my life and it really helps me for a period of time but then Mm. I stop but in this situation it's not actually journaling you need to see it as a tool that's going to help you have a conversation with that part of yourself and you don't have to write it if you want to just think Mm. it that's fine it's Mm. more bringing it's always all about bringing awareness to what parts of you are actually at play in that situation because until you actually learn to have a kind gentle conversation with those parts of yourself you're not going to be able to navigate through it with as much grace as you can and it will never be perfect it will never be robot like you know I can I can skip the part where I feel vulnerable. Mm. And that's not what we're going for because that's not real life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I think sometimes we really just want to be able to do that and it can't be done. Mm. So This is
1: almost maybe excited to get the next rejection so I can practice this. <laughs> 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 so I can try this out and see how this works, you know. Yeah. Add an another no letter another no email to my collection look I have to say the experience I've
0: had in the last few days was actually very good for me I can have that perspective now too mm. like it was very unpleasant in the moment but um but I haven't had a lot of no's in the last couple of years I've had a lot of yeses and it doesn't serve as well to be getting yeses all the time so it's actually very fruitful for me and brings me back to my own process with this particular situation and you know I've seen ways that I want to tighten up certain ways that I conduct things within my art business as a result of what's happened and you only learn those things through bitter experience yeah you know you you can float along for a a long time and not encounter those things sometimes Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. it's been good for me to
1: see that situation and um
0: and know that they're
1: always there and they can always happen. It's good to know because there is that element of comparisonitis. Like, this doesn't get rejections, you know. No, I do. <laughs> I
0: do. I frequently reject myself. So
1: there yeah. you go. Yeah. But I think that plays into it, though, is the thinking that everybody else just gets yeses all the time. And that's how they've yeah. had those wonderful opportunities. And that's not true. No. They've had plenty of no's. And kept being brave until they got that particular yes. yes. Totally. And it's actually a healthy thing
0: to expose yourself to it. I was mm-hmm. reading an article by um, a great guy that I subscribed to, Leah Babuta. I don't actually know how to pronounce his surname, but he's like a mindfulness Zen guy, mm-hmm. minimalist. Mm-hmm. And he wrote this article about anti-fragility as we train ourselves to improve. Okay, and it really captured my attention because he's talking about exactly that same thing. That you know, when he talks about the body, and when we stress the body a little bit, i.e., when we exercise, when mm. we lift weights, we actually strengthen it. And yeah, like
1: it's uncomfortable in the moment,
0: exactly. But then
1: you see the benefit, and so you keep doing it.
0: Yeah, totally. So, but it's all it's about that that intersection where. If you fail, do you fall apart and then it shuts you down or do you just accept that that's a natural and normal part of the process and learn how to continue to negotiate your way through that and accept that it's actually building you, making you stronger? So, Mm. again, another way of reframing exactly what Tiffany Hahn's talking about as well. Um, Yeah, so I totally think it's important to continue to, to... push ourselves in directions that are uncomfortable and to mm. not just try and dwell in a place where it all feels happy and safe and none of the little ones within get freaked out you know yeah. because it's only when that happens that you have the yeah. opportunity to have the conversation and reframe that
1: mm. Mm. and making big moves brings those feelings up brings up that those things it does. That you're afraid of and And if you just stay safe all the time, you don't move forward in your plans and dreams, do you?
0: You don't. And also when you're in just the habit of doing that, of just regularly putting yourself out there, that's how the opportunity is created. Like I do not get every opportunity that I go for. It just does not happen. But I continue to put it out there and put it out there and put it out there because for every 10 fishing lines I throw in the water someone bites mm. it's essentially a numbers game mm-hmm, mm-hmm. really you have to be continually present not continually but regularly present in the in the realm of opportunity in order for the people that have the opportunities to know that you're there if yeah, you're not if they okay. can't see you yeah. so you know so this person that you've approached this week continue to throw out the line every. Yeah few months i will just send them an update
1: yeah stay connected and build a
0: relationship yeah Mm -hmm. it's like there's a company that i license with in the us license my artwork through that make wall decor and that's how it works with them they just ask for submissions on a regular basis Mm -hmm. and you just send them your latest artwork and sometimes it gets picked up sometimes it doesn't
1: Mm.
0: and when it gets picked up great but it's there are sometimes six months goes by and there's nothing so it's just to it become a really continual normal process for me to just can just be always being front and center with okay this is what I've got if you want to come and get it yeah mm-hmm.
1: great good combo oh, I hope it's helpful Steph yeah always is awesome yeah thanks for the therapy thanks for being so open <laughs> with all of us <laughs> I know that there
0: are going to be so many people that really appreciate this conversation today. So thanks. No worries. Speak to you soon. Chat to you soon, darling. Bye. Bye. You can always see more of my art over at SusanEthercote.com and if you're interested in learning from me or checking out the podcast notes, you can find those over on SusanEthercoteStudio.com. I love hearing your comments and feedback, so feel free to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you like what you're hearing, then why not snap a screenshot and share it in your Instagram stories? Be sure to tag me at susan.nevercote so I can say hi. And if you've got a great idea for a future podcast episode or know someone who you think I should interview, then pop on over to susannevercotestudio.com forward slash podcast Hit the button in the header image to shoot me. Well. Catch you next time.